Hello, Path 11 podcast listeners, and thanks for tuning in. We have a special show today. We are actually in Marietta, Georgia. It is July 22nd, and we are getting ready for the Path Evolution screening tonight here at Unity North Atlanta. And with me, we have Reverend Richard Burdick. Hi. Thanks so much for joining us. We kind of swooped him up and said we want to talk to him about what Unity North is about. And thank you guys so much for bringing us back. We were here in 2013 showing the path beyond the physical. We had, I think, a sold-out crowd. It was a full house. I really enjoyed that evening. Yeah, we were over in um, where you're doing the painting tonight. The Holy Grounds Cafe. <laughs> yeah, Holy Grounds Cafe, and that, that just place filled up. But tonight, we are going to be showing the path evolution in the Peace Chapel. And as soon as I walked in here, it kind of took my breath away. It's you can feel, it really feels very peaceful in here. It's beautiful. And it's a little bit of a smaller venue. We have about 60 seats uh, for our audience tonight. And we are having another Q&A panel. Unfortunately, you won't be on it with us. Um, but we do have Tom Campbell coming and Mark Serto. So we are hoping to um, maybe record the Q&A and have that available for everybody to listen to as well. And this is a really cool interview because usually when I'm interviewing people, it's not sitting face to face. <laughs> it's usually over Skype and we're all in different locations. So it's nice to kind of have the one-on-one. -on -one. I much prefer face to face conversations. Yeah, me too. So I was hoping that maybe you could um, describe to our listeners what Unity North is about. I know when I've done a search for Unity North, it seems like it's all over in many different states. Oh, we're doing our job then. Yes. <laughs> Unity is all over the country. Mm -hmm. Unity North is just here in Marietta, Georgia. But if you're finding us online, I'm excited about that. Yes. And so explain to me, is it a church or is it a community? And can you explain the difference? Because when yeah. I walked in here, there's like stuff of the chakras. There's a picture of Gandhi. <laughs> there's Buddhism, like a picture of Buddhism, Christianity, I'm a picture of Jesus and... So can you explain all that? For many years, we, we have been Unity North Atlanta Church. And there's been an evolutionary process over the last five years of recognizing that we're, we're more than the current definition of what a church is. We are very eclectic in our approach to spirituality. We believe uh, firmly uh, that there are many paths to the one presence and power of life, known by many names. We call it God, but it, you can call it a hundred different things. It's the same essence. And we have seekers that come from various paths, various traditions, that are finding a particular avenue through which they discover the truth about themselves and uh, the truth about this divine essence of life. And the, the term church seemed very narrow for us as we began to expand and to grow and to meet people at the level of spirituality that they were coming in the door with. Um, we realized that we're much more of a community, that we're all seeking a different way through a different venue, a different scripture, a different uh, prophet or teacher, and we're finding ways to get along. Here at Unity North, we talk about building bridges, and we're building bridges of understanding, and understanding the truth that, that there is good to be found everywhere in every teacher, in every sacred scripture. And so it, we honor life that is found in its many forms, in its many faces. And we made a decision about three or four years ago that it, it felt more like a community than a church. There's nothing wrong with church. That's a wonderful foundation to build upon. But we have expanded the, the scope of what we do here. Great. And how long have you been here at this church? Myself personally? Yeah. Um, I've been here for about nine years. Mm -hmm. uh, I started out in youth ministry here, uh, the youth minister, and did some music, 
and the universe just thrust me into ever-expanding roles, and uh, I'm currently the spiritual leader. I have one year left of seminary while I will be ordained in the unity movement. So, but it, my, my journey started about nine years ago. Okay. Yeah, and do you mind personally talking about what your journey was that brought you into now being the spiritual leader here, <laughs> reverend, you know, the best term to call you, but how did that come about in your life? Well, being in Georgia is, is a great adventure. Um, I am the grandfather of 13 grandkids, and the youngest grandkids were here in Georgia, so I moved from California about nine, ten years ago, ten, ten years ago now, to be near them. That's my greatest joy on the planet. And um, got dabbled. I've always done music. Music has been my life since I was a teenager working in churches. And so I went looking for a place to plug in. And uh, a couple years after being here, found Unity North and said, this feels like a place I can call home. It feels like an open container where I can explore my spirituality. I did know at that level I wanted to get into ministry, but I was still doing music. So the Youth uh, Avenue here, the YOU, or Youth of Unity, um, had a job opening. And really at the time, I just needed a job, and I found a good place that felt like a good environment, and the journey began. And then basically saying yes. I, I have said yes to the opportunities that have been placed in my lap, um, knowing that they're, they're there by a divine appointment. There are no accidents, and so the jobs that I've been given in this community are my greatest blessing. They make my knees knock a little bit. It's a, a bit scary at times, but I think uh, any growing path, your knees will knock a little bit. Yeah. Now, I'd like to talk about some of the events that you do here. Um, you know, I saw our poster on the same board as Marianne Williamson is coming here in November. She's like a person that I follow and really love her message. And We're very excited about Marianne Ooh, being here. And, and our congregation is very excited that we have some women coming in. Elizabeth Gilbert will be following uh, Marianne Williamson next year. We've had Deepak Chopra. Mm -hmm. We were very blessed to have Wayne Dyer here uh, before he passed. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a, it's a rich environment at Unity North. Yeah, and I think you're doing a, some, something like um, maybe a teleseminar with Eckhart Tolle or Eckhart Tolle um, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Our, our singer, singles group has got uh, videos of Eckhart Tolle that they're watching every single weekend. Mm -hmm. Nice. And then they have a group discussion about that. You bet. That's so funny. I recently, I think it was a couple of months ago, um, in my other business, my private practice, we did Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth. So we did a book group, and we all kind of got together and discussed it. It wasn't a singles group, but mm -hmm. um, his work is awesome, especially with identifying the ego and things of that sort. We live at this time on the planet in a very rich environment, and all kinds of forces and teachers or teachers are coming to the forefront to remind us that we're on a good journey of waking up. And I believe humanity is waking up. And here at Unity North, we're finding the teachers to, uh, the gurus, if you will, the experts to say, we're, we're looking in the right direction, because it's very easy to get lost these days. There's a lot of darkness on the planet that's being exposed. You know, when you shine a light, anything that is unlike that light is going to be exposed. And there's a lot of violence going on in our, certainly in the United States, but all over the world. And so at Unity North, we, we believe in the power of what we focus upon expands. And so we're finding teachers that are reminding us that this is all a part of a great awakening process as we move into new paradigms and a new age. And um, aside from some of those activities, are there other things that you have here? What is your um, community here offer 
to people. So if somebody said, maybe I want to check this place mm-hmm. out, um, you know, what would they be checking out exactly? Well, I often say that uh, if you can't find what you want for your spiritual path at Unity North, you're not looking hard enough. Um, it's a very broad paintbrush that we paint with. We have classes going 24-7. Um, Course in Miracles is very big here. We have Bible classes here. We have a strong interfaith ministry where we explore uh, various paths to God. In fact, next Wednesday we have a, a Sikh uh, teacher coming in and drawing parallels between what unity, Christianity, and, and Sikhism is teaching. Um, there's uh, certainly our services, which are very unique in their presentation, especially here in Cobb County. Um, very celebratory, very high energy. Uh, if you, that's our 1115 service. And uh, uh, looking at scripture from new eyes looking at the spiritual path from what the Buddhists would say are beginner's mind, and uh, looking at the Bible through an Eastern lens, looking at Eastern lens uh, scriptures through a Western uh, eye. Um, and we have two services on in the Sunday morning, 9.15, which is what we call our unplugged service, much quieter, more dialogue-based, uh, more conversational, and then the typical church-looking service at 11.15. We have uh, something very special, is once a month we have a service for animals. We honor uh, Mother Earth and all of Mother Earth's uh, inhabitants, all sentient beings. And so once a month, people bring their dogs, their cats, and they have a service together, um, which is a beautiful thing. We, have, we believe in wholeness and healing uh, in this ministry, and so we have a whole wholeness ministry that every week is offering services uh, where they hold a sacred container whereby the people who are seeking a greater experience of health can come and receive everything from Reiki to a hundred different modalities of healing. Wow, that is so awesome. Um, When you were talking about scripture, you were kind of answering a question that I had in my head as you were uh, talking there. Um, Do you just primarily look at the Bible from, like you said, um, get the term that you Eastern, or Eastern lens. It's an Eastern lens, or are there other scriptures or other um, significant spiritual texts that you also speak about during yeah. church services? Yeah, um, unity um, is basically Christian-based, and so the Bible is the main document of unity. We tend to be a, a little bit more open here, and so you will hear quotations and scriptures quoted and shared from the Bhagavad Gita, um, from the Tao. Um, from uh, the Quran. In fact, we're sitting in the Peace Chapel right now, the Peace Chapel, and there are altars to all the various paths and traditions. So there's value to be found in all those words. And our interpretation is always first literal. We'll look at the Bible literally, but we don't spend too much time there because we don't necessarily believe it's the inerrant word of God. Um, there's, there's meaning behind the words, behind the names, behind the numbers, there's symbology there. And so we look at it metaphysically. Um, and then we don't stop there because we go to a Mayuric interpretation, which simply means how is that scripture alive in me today? How are these characters, these biblical characters or the other sacred scriptures alive in me? And how um, am I giving them life or paying attention to them in such a way that I can evolve and I can become who I am destined to be? Um, when, when people come to you or like you're meeting people, what do you feel overall just from what you have learned in your spiritual path and are learning now, what do you think is the most important message or what is it that 
you know, if you know that you're only going to have five or ten minutes with an individual and they're asking you questions about why are we here and spirituality, mm -hmm. what do you feel is the biggest take home that you could give to a person in a short amount of time? That's a good question. Um, and it's one we always have to ask because, you know, we pass with people. We have connections and they're very quick sometimes. And I believe the number one message of unity would be that none of us are, are broken. Human, the human race is not broken. We weren't born in an original stain. There's nothing that needs to be cleansed or fixed, but that we have fallen asleep. And that uh, at the spiritual level, at the place of our core, every human being, even those who have committed horrible travesties, there is a divine idea. Um, unity, the movement would call it the Christ. You might call it the Atman from a Hindu perspective. Um, you might call it your Buddha nature from a Buddhist perspective. But there is that within each and every person on the planet that is holy, perfect, and untouched by any human experience. And I think it's probably the most important thing that we get so lost and we fall asleep and it would say, remember who you are would be the probably the, the foundational most important thing I would want anybody coming to my center or to in my experience to know that they have value, intrinsic value, worth, and that they are good. That's beautiful. Um, on some of the Q&A panels that we're having after the path evolution, some of the questions, uh, a repetitive question that keeps coming up, and I want to ask it to you too. So a lot of people are feeling very um, rattled by what's going on in the world today. It just feels like whatever people are being exposed through, through the news, through this election campaign, a lot of people are talking about that. And the question that comes up is, in what is feeling like a very chaotic time in our life, and there seems to be a lot of violence and things that are making people very fear-based, I think, how do you remain the center and the calm? Like, what is our job on an, on an individual basis in order to make impact on the collective during a time that feels so icky, I guess. That's a, a really, really good question, and we often say here that if the truth that we are espousing when things are working and things are beautiful and filled with rainbows and butterflies um, does not hold up when things are dark, then it is a house built upon sand, and it does not stand. So it's reminding ourselves when things are dark, first and foremost, as individuals, that the principles of that perfection, that divine perfection and goodness that's at the core of humanity is still there. It hasn't changed. Um, we teach a course here called The Eye of the Storm. It talks about how do, how do I be a, a calm center a calm center in the midst of a hurricane. And, and it does feel like there's a hurricane going on in humanity right now. And Unity talks about a thing called chemicalization. And that is as, you, as there is a shift happening and new information is going into the computer of the collective human consciousness, that which is unlike has to be exposed. It has to come to the surface so that it may be released. It's like putting clear water into a a, a cup of dirty water, that dirt is going to be stirred up and come to the surface to be released and let go of. And I believe that um, holding fast, that that is exactly what's happening with the human race right now. As, as we're moving into a new age, everything that is unlike the perfection that we are waking up to has to be dealt with. So we're looking at it and it's going to come right, right up to our face and say, are you truly convicted about your principles? Are you truly convicted about the kindness and the compassion and the generosity that you are teaching? And if you are, you can't make exceptions to where you find the face of God. And that looks like a, a terrorist. How, can I possibly 
put my philosophy to the test and see the face of a terrorist and know that the face of God is still there, but it's been forgotten. And so we stand absolutely in solidarity with those who have been marginalized in this world. And there are many people right now in the political scene that are being marginalized, um, whether it be of a certain ethnic background, a certain religious bent, or uh, sexual orientation. Um, people are being marginalized, and we at Unity stand for the perfection of those people, the goodness of those people, and the value. But we must then hold the same truth for those who are perpetrating this sense of duality. Unity teaches only one, and so the presence and power that is the God that is in me, you, and all creation is also there in those that are committing heinous acts. Our job is to help them wake up. So um, constant reminders of ourselves puts us in the center of peace, first and foremost, and then confronting our own edges. Okay, if I feel the need to hate, when I witness hate, there's something that needs to be healed in me first. Um, I need to heal any sense of duality I have held looking at the heinous act and heal that first. That's step one. And then step two is take an action. Unity is about action. That's our fifth unity principle. The prayers that we pray, the truth that we know must be acted upon. We're in a body for a divine purpose, not an accident. So we put our body behind our prayers and do something to, be, to create more love on the planet, especially with those that maybe we have called our enemy. And Jesus told us, we are called to love our enemies. Pray for those that persecute us. I believe that's the solution. Not easily done, but it is the solution. Yeah, I think that is so important. And I've heard so many people say, but how am I supposed to love the murderer? How am I supposed to love the racist? How am I supposed to love the people that are causing bodily harm to others or discriminating? And, um, you know, the way that you explain that, I think that that is such an important concept for the human race to really try to embody and, and think about that. You know, when people hear that for the first time, I've seen people hear something like that for the first time, and they're almost like a physical shock goes through their body, sure. like, what? What are you telling me to do? No way. Um, so I'm really glad that, that you spoke upon that. It bumps up against the human ego. The human ego wants to create a system of duality, of better than and less than, greater than, less than. Um, and that's the edge I'm talking about. We're not talking about loving acts, the acts of these people, or the thoughts of these people. Certainly not. But we're talking about loving that which is underneath it that which is good underneath the acts, um, there should absolutely be consequences for, horror, for these acts that are happening and this hatred that is being perpetrated upon the planet. But we will never give up our power. The minute we hate the person, we have given up all the power to be in that process of evolution. We've joined the, the mass movement towards hate. And so we don't excuse behavior, certainly not. A rapist should be punished. And scripture tells us, give unto Caesar what is due Caesar. There are consequences for physical acts. But there's also a truth underneath. And we keep our mind single on remembering that truth. I've always thought personally when I first heard that concept and the teachings of to kind of, you know, love our enemy, where my mind would always travel back to is thinking of them as a newborn baby before anything was ever kind of done in the purity of that, to know that at some point in their life and that they were pure, that they were innocent, that 
there weren't maybe thoughts of that happening. And for me personally, that always helped me to soften my heart a little bit and kind of begin that process. My wife often tells me in Atlanta traffic, when, when somebody cuts you off or is angry with you, that was somebody's little boy. That was somebody's little girl. And what happened to them that they would be so angry? It puts you squarely, one, from a personal standpoint, in a place of compassion, which is a much better energy to be living in and as. Um, and it pulls you away from the toxic energy of, of hatred. You know, if you can feel both, that we have free will and free choice. But what one certainly feels better, and Unity would tell us that one is certainly contributing to the expansion of compassion and love on the planet, and one is subtracting from it. In one of our Q&As, people were asking, as I was referring to before, about what's going on in the world. And one of the panelists, I believe it was Brenda um, Jenks, had answered the question, and she, her take on it was that the world is being filled with much more light and that the darkness will be exposed. And you had said something yeah. like that about shining the light. And I know in Course in Miracles and some of the teachings of Mary Ann Williamson, she also say you have to bring the darkness to the light in a sense. So um, would you, you talked a little bit about that before, but would you agree that maybe there is a lot of work being done with people in praying, healing, Reiki healers, meditation, uh, places like Unity, that there is more light coming to the world, which is making it feel like there's an acceleration of this darkness being exposed. Yeah, I, and I think as more light is, is coming to our attention, the more darkness is going to be exposed. But I do believe that there is a lot more of it. I often tell my piano students when they'll play a piece and they'll, they'll curse and moan about the one or two mistakes they made. And as a teacher, I tell them, count the right notes. Count the right notes. There were far more of them. And I believe that um, Unity teaches us uh, a little bit counter to what our current, current media does. It doesn't sell newspapers. It doesn't sell TV programs or news programs to count the right notes. But I believe if you turn your focus and you face in the direction of the light, you begin to realize that there is a lot more light happening on the planet. There's a lot more goodness happening on the planet right now. And it's inevitably going to, to expose where there is darkness. And if we run from it or we try to combat it and resist it and fight that darkness as opposed to see that it is part of the process, um, we're moving in the wrong direction. So keep our eyes single that there, there is good happening. There are um, lives being changed, lives being transformed, people awakening all over the place. And I know when I keep that, and the only laboratory I really have to prove that in is my own life. I have a lot more love today in my life as a result of, of sharing love with those that maybe were unlovable. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, on a side note, before we kind of wrap up here, what kind of musician are you? I just kind of want to know a little bit more personally. Like, what um, what drew you to music? What do you play? And I would love to say I was drawn to music, but I was um, pulled off the baseball field when I was uh, almost 12 years old by my grandmother, who introduced me to a scale on the piano. Um, the piano is my greatest therapist. Um, if I have a ther uh, the piano around, I can, I can work through anything I need to work through. And I've been a music director sitting at a piano for most of my life and uh, got into a little bit of theater while I was doing that and learned to sing. And so I sing, I play piano. Um, believe it or not, I was a tuba major in college. Uh, tuba put me through college. Um, uh, I realized pretty quickly that wasn't going to be much of a career. So the piano has been my, my bedrock and my, that and working with choirs. I love pulling out of people what they don't know exists within them. 
And somebody did that for me at one point. My grandmother was the first to say, there's something in you and I want to nurture it. So I use music as a great tool of ministry to pull out, which for some people is very scary sometimes to sing in a public environment, to pull out that goodness that I know is in there and they, they haven't awakened to it yet. Yeah, great. And your future plans, do you see yourself staying here in Georgia and working with this church, we'll say, for the rest of your life? Or um, <laughs> do you have any plans to move? Or wh where are you thinking you're going to be? Well, my, I still have grandkids here. Um, the youngest one is five here, so I'm not going anywhere uh, too soon. My ordination will be happening in March of 2017, and I am, I've committed to this church for the long haul. Um, there's good things happening here, and we're seeing a lot of our prayers, a lot of our visions uh, coming to fruition right now. And so I want to reap the benefits. You know, I've been, been uh, sowing the crops. I want to reap the, the benefit of those crops coming to fruition. So no plans to go anywhere. I, uh, my prayers are that I wish I could control weather because I wish it was a little cooler in the state of Georgia. <laughs> mm -hmm. I miss the dry warmth of California. Yeah, it is pretty hot out here. Um, is there any, maybe a nice way to end the podcast? Is there any certain type of prayer or mantra that maybe you might open up a service with or end or um, something that holds dear to you that you could share with our listeners? There's a unity prayer that is um, universal to any unity church, whether they be in the country uh, here or uh, overseas. Um, and that prayer was written by James Philip Freeman. The light of God surrounds you. The love of God enfolds you. The power of God protects you and the presence of God watches over you. Wherever you are, God is and all is well. Now here at Unity North, we like to take it to a different level. Um, one more in alignment with the teachings, I believe, of Charles Fillmore, the founder of Unity. And that would be, you are the light of God. You are the love of God. You are the power of God. And all is well as you are awakened to that truth. And so, um, we are creative beings created in the image and after the likeness of God. And so, uh, what I would want to leave your audience with is to take charge of your life. You've been given the great banquet table and gift of creating heaven on earth. Create it. Don't fall asleep. Remember who you are. Remember the power you have been given and manifest it everywhere. I have goosebumps. Whew. Thank you so much, Reverend Richard, for taking time out of your day and being here with us and for hosting our event here and allowing us to come back to Georgia. It's our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. If you'd like more information about our films or to purchase our DVDs, you can head on over to our website at thepastseries.com. They're also available to purchase on amazon.com. Our films are also streaming online at vimeo.com, guyamtv.com, and iTunes. If you have a show suggestion or would like us to interview someone specifically, please feel free to shoot us an email at info at thepastseries.com or send us a tweet at thepastseries. Please rate and review us in iTunes and subscribe. We hope you enjoyed the show.